I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of pots of flower power than forms of the shrubby potentilla. Our thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw, Worcestershire. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to exchange some news, views, a bit of seasonal advice and uh, hopefully answer some of your gardening quandaries. As you can uh, hear, uh, I've uh, taken a break from filling small square pots with seed compost, tamping them down, fitting six into a half seed tray and then sowing lots of different flowers and vegetable seeds. Everything from Rudbeckia award winners from last year's Fleurus Electrile to some of the latest fragrant cut flower stocks. I'll have uh, every windowsill in the house bristling with seedlings uh, in a matter of days with luck. It's been a very busy week. The weather over last weekend, cold but dry and perfect to complete several patches of digging, uh, including um, one or two bits of beds up at Hyde Hall, where a willing band of volunteers, thanks incidentally Chris, Mel, Paul and Val, who helped Molly and I plant over 3,000 pansies in 277 different cultivars. I don't know how the others coped, but uh, I found I'd got uh, muscles in legs and thighs that uh, I didn't know were there when eventually stretching up at the end of the day. The weather was perfect for planting, warm, sunny spring day, and then to uh, settle them in, yesterday, of course, we had rain. There are lots of signs of spring. The pear buds are swelling. First apricot flowers opening in my own garden and a large double deep pink camellia, a J.H. Wheeler, has opened the first of uh, many flowers. It grows on the north side of the house and uh, if we sit at the dining table, it absolutely fills the window in uh, a few weeks' time with those really rich pink flowers. Sadly, uh, (laughs) we don't have people to dine, and that's two years we've missed uh, that opportunity, but at least I'll enjoy them. The last of the beetroot have uh, been cleared, parsnips lifted, and the surplus of the latter, of course, can be peeled and popped in the deep freeze for use in the summer. And the rhubarb I mentioned last week absolutely shot into growth during those uh, Warm, sunny spells with stems big enough to pull, I think, this coming weekend. What's new? 
Well, I hear DEFRA Minister Victoria Prentice wants to see a better perception of horticulture as a career. Yeah, not before time. It's a pity her Secretary of State for Education hadn't pressed for more commercial horticultural courses at colleges long ago. Baroness Fuchs, a great champion of horticulture, is reported as saying... The industry supports 370,000 jobs and is worth $24 billion annually and a critical skill shortage is holding back progress. So we need to do something about training young people. I can tell you it's a really good uh, way of life. You can't really call it a job, it's just um, a wonderful way of life. Neil Alcock of uh, Seant Nurseries trading with Fitzgerald Nursery in County Kilkenny, was exchanging ornamental plants in 12 hours via Hollyhead at £100 a trolley load. And now, with Brexit, <laughs> lorries go to Ross Lair, ship to Dunkirk, go on by road to Alsmere in Holland to join another uh, load of plants travelling on to Rotterdam and then Harwich to North Wales. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of extra miles journey and at £280 a trolley. Boy, the politicians ought to get that job right when we talk about sustainability and not burning fossil fuels. It's time Neil was allowed to get back to his 12-hour delivery. On a more uh, uplifting note, uh, Dobby's Garden Centres have launched their own brand roses in a hundred uh, different kinds, including Rose Special Mum, a rich salmon pink. Apparently the bushes have been grown, some in the UK and some from Serbia. Goodness, plants do travel, don't they? I'm very pleased to welcome our guest for interview on the podcast today, Jill Hodgson, who's president of Flowers from the Farm very active organisation. But Jill, you're way up in uh, Yorkshire, far from my Essex uh, county. How are things in Everingham? It's an absolutely gorgeous morning we're here. We had a keen frost overnight, um, but the sun's come out now and I can't wait. This afternoon I'm going to be out there in the field and start some of the jobs that I've just been desperate to get on with. Now, can you tell me a little bit about flowers from the farm? How did it start? Well, and how did you get into growing flowers for sale? Well, I suppose I'd, I'd always grown a few flowers and... One year just had a glut. Now, we don't live on a busy road, but I just put a few bunches out at the end of the drive. And uh, it was, well, <laughs> this was 10 years ago, and I only charged a pound a bunch. Um, but those start, bunches of flowers started being sold. And, and I just sort of realised, oh, you know, maybe I could grow a few more flowers. Maybe I could sell a few more at the end of the drive. So being a good Yorkshire woman, the next year I grew five times as many and put the price up to two pounds. <laughs> and uh, and really it just grew from there. From there, the following year, I started doing farmer's markets. And it was that, Peter, that made the difference. Because when you're selling at the end of the drive, you sell a few things, but you don't actually get to meet your customer. Now, meeting the customer at the, the farmer's markets, that's what changed everything because I suddenly saw people's reaction to a bunch of British flowers, a bunch of seasonal flowers that had only gone 
driven 10 miles. Going back 10 years, this is quite unusual. People had got used to seeing the roses, chrysanthemums, the gerberas, the lilies in the supermarket. And there's a whole generation of people that had forgotten that actually there were a few other varieties as well. And, and it was that that made me think, oh, do you know, there's, there's a business opportunity here for people. More people should be doing this. Yeah. You, am I right in understanding people actually queued up at your yes, farmer's they, they market store to, to smell the flowers? Yeah, They queued up at the store and... The lovely thing was everybody picked up a bunch and they, they buried their noses in a bunch and, and they actually got that scent of flowers. Now, I think you probably know that if you try that with a bunch of supermarket flowers, supermarket roses, say, you, you get no scent at all. Flowers have been brought in from Colombia or Ecuador, have been bred for longevity, for a straight stem, for bright colours. Um, the breeders haven't, on the whole, thought about scent. And so it, this was a joy to people to actually find out that flowers smelt as, as, as they'd been told that they once used to do. <laughs> so really, it just, it carried on from there. I thought, oh, I'd like to gr- join a, a group of people that, that knew more than me that I could learn from. We could share ideas. Maybe we could you know, share the idea that, hey, you know, there's a job here. There's a career here in selling flowers. Well, I looked everywhere, although there wasn't such a group. And so... One morning over breakfast, I thought, well, you, you better start one yourself then. So I set about finding out how do you start a company? How do you get it up running? And, and Flowers from the Farm was born. Well, now you had a conference and I understand you have a tremendous membership now. <laughs> We're so lucky. We have 1,000 members now. We celebrated last week our 1,000th member. And uh, yes, yesterday we had a national conference online to celebrate uh, 10 years to the day of me, of the company being incorporated. So the two celebrations, after all this time, came together, 1,000 members and 10 years of being in business, being being an association. It was a very slow start, obviously. In those days, there wasn't the social media. It was a matter of sending out a press release, which the NFU very kindly did for me. It was a matter of trying to get into the local papers. And I think by the end of the year, we maybe had 25, 30 members, something like that. And it's just grown. And it's grown since then. Has It's snowballed. Every year, we've gained more members than we did the year before. And this year, we'd wondered what would happen with, with lockdown, with the pandemic. Of course, it was bad for a lot of our members who do weddings, that the weddings have all disappeared. But the lovely, um, the lovely experience has been that almost all of us have sold more bunches of flowers locally, that people have wanted to buy flowers to cheer themselves up, have wanted to send flowers to relations that they couldn't see. And so... This this renewed interest in local flowers has really kept everybody's businesses going this last year. Can you give me some little idea of the spread now then, if you've got a thousand members? <laughs> I don't think you can, mem- you can mention an area where we haven't got members. Um, we've got members in Orkney, um, the... Uh, the Isle of Skye. We've got some fabulous members up around uh, Inverness. We've got members uh, in Wales and in Lowestoft, the most easterly point in the country. We've got members of Cornwall, the Isles of Scilly, and our membership in Northern Ireland is just is a fledgling membership at the moment. But I think we've got about half a dozen members over there. And once that gets going, that will grow quickly as well. We really can say now that we cover the whole country. 
Amazing. Well, can you give me a little idea of what uh, you will be cutting? I think you start your season at Easter, don't you? Yes, yes, I aim to start for about Easter. I've got a polytunnel. It's unheated and I only grow hardy things because obviously up here it's, it's, it's quite cold. Uh, but that polytunnel, it just gets me to market that three weeks earlier in the season, keeps me going that three weeks later at the end of the season. But I'll be starting off with tulips, with daffodils. I've got some wallflowers in the polytunnel and that will be flowering quite soon. Those were sown, obviously, in in autumn time. Autumn time is obviously also a great time for snowing um, uh, snapdragons. I love to say snapdragons, not antirhinums, because it's such a gorgeous name. And uh, they will be one of the earliest things. I've got a lot of self-sown hardy annuals, the nigella and the, the bupleurum coming through. Those are really the things that get me to market earliest. With the foliage that I can pick, because we're, we're on a farm here, I've got hedgerows, I can go out. You know, the catkins are, are nearly over now on the hazel, but the, the willow catkins are just starting. Bare branches can look absolutely beautiful. And the clippings, the some of my prunings from the fruit trees and the fruit bushes, just left in a bucket in the polytunnel, those start to leaf up much earlier than the bits that have been left on the tree and uh, put in with some early bunches around about Easter time. They're an absolute joy to behold. It's a very good tip for people, isn't it? I mean, if they go out and cut a few stems from a Forsythia bush or flowering carrot, take that indoors, Yeah. yeah. Yes, then it's it's extinguished season. You can enjoy those indoors. They will last, and then by the time they're going over, you can you can you maybe you've bought in some more a week or so later, or those will last you till they will start to bloom outside. And at this time of year, we're also eager to see some flowers, aren't we? Just that first bit of colour coming up. We have a few aconites here and a few snowdrops, but uh, nothing else starting for a while yet. I like to grow sweet peas and go out down the hedgerows to pick field maple because the young shoots on that are quite red, the foliage reddish. And if you have that uh, mixed with uh, some of the softer pastel sweet peas, it goes very well. It does. It really brings them out. Yes, it does. Um, I like the physocarpus as well for doing that because there's some gorgeous, a bit similar. There's some lovely early colour in that. And Physocarpus, such a, the nine bark, such a lovely shrub because you can use it. I love the early growth and it stands quite well without flopping. Um, you've got those uh, that are blossom, which is beautiful. And then as they go over those red, the, the bracts afterwards stand for so long. And then the great colour, of course, in the, in the autumn. So I, it's, it's one of my go-to shrubs is that. I really love it. I have a little bit of a thicket of snowberry, Symphoricarpus, and and the foliage on that comes sort of July. It's almost like um, a fern. That mixes in very well with annuals. It does. It always makes me think a little bit of, a, of an aquilegia leaf. It's got that sort of nice edge to it, hasn't it? it? it and and I like that one as well. The, just wish the dratty stuff wouldn't sucker itself everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it, it always I grow I grow it in one place and it comes up somewhere else. It is invasive. <laughs> I, mu- I must admit, but uh, my spade manages to keep it under control. <laughs> Do you have members that specialise in foliage? Yes, we, we we you can. We've got members that I think it's lovely. So many people when they when they when they joined in or when membership got over about a hundred hundred and fifty started to say. Will there be a big enough market for all of us if we're all going to be doing this? Well, 
I don't think you could find two people doing exactly the same as each other. Some people will just want to do weddings. Some people wouldn't touch them with a barge pole. Uh, some people just want to sell wholesale to florists. Otherwise, others will just want to sell at the end of the drive. Some people, as you said, will think, no, foliage is my thing. You know, they maybe live in an area over in the West, a bit more rainfall. Actually, our 1,000th member a duo that are just going to grow foliage. They're going to be based, I think they're in Hampshire, and they are just going to grow foliage with a few others as well that uh, that just want to grow foliage because you need an awful lot of foliage. And I think that's, it's not something people realise. People, people sometimes ask, I'm just starting out, I'm a new member, what would be your tip? And my usual answer is, well, five years ago, plant some shrubs, which which is absolutely no good at all to anybody, but it's what everybody wishes they'd done because they quickly realise they can have flowers pretty quickly. They can have plant some seeds, some hardy annuals. Um, you can have flowers very quickly. You can plant some bulbs in, in autumn time, um, maybe put in some tulips in November, and you can have those flowering in spring. And then you'll be looking around for some foliage because it's some beautiful mixed British foliages that will really make your bunches stand out from the crowd. For mine, I put a lot of foliage in my bunches and it's such a rich, sumptuous look. And maybe, you know, three, four different sorts of foliage really make your flowers stand out. Well, you could grow ornamental kales and cabbage, possibly, for quick foliage. You could... You can tell from their voice, can't you? It's not something I'm very keen on. I've just never taken to them. Now, I like it on a plate with my, with my Yorkshire puddings, but cabbage otherwise in a, in, a, in a bunch of flowers has just never seemed right to me. I'm sure other pe- some people love it. It's just not one of my personal favourites. <laughs> we'll have to try and get you changed. Um, I, I, I used to work a bit in Yorkshire, uh, and when we grew the um, very attractive curled-leaved, bicoloured kales and cabbages, they would uh, colour up quicker in the north because the days shortened and the nights got colder. And so we had really good colour. Uh, but yes. the thing, what about stuff like um, Swiss chard? Would you use that at all? I haven't done, and you're making me think that I haven't maybe been looking hard enough. I'll maybe ask on our, uh, our our Flowers from the Farm closed Facebook group, I'll maybe ask if other people grow these as well. It isn't a subject, isn't those two things. They haven't hit the headlines a lot, so maybe we're missing a trick there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra. And I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
If I could take up the wedding theme, it's a, a bit of a Marmite choice. Some people uh, <laughs> uh, are very enthusiastic about doing flowers for weddings. Uh, um, in my, my experience, a bride can be a little demanding and not fully understanding of seasons when it comes to flower colour. Um, will members of Flowers for the Farm have had floristry training when it comes to weddings? We're a wide-ranging bunch. Some of our members have been to floristry college, have done courses, have done workshops, and then found that the the, the, the paucity of the material, the, the lack of variety, has sent them scurrying off to look for other things. They've found a local grower and then they've thought, hey, I could actually grow some of this myself. So some of ours will have come with a lot of experience in almost all our regions, we hold um, meetings and we'll get people in to do workshops. So if a new member hasn't had any idea and wants to get some idea about the floristry side of it, they can learn. Others are simply self-taught. There's an awful lot you can learn um, online nowadays. Or simply, um, I wasn't taught at all, and it's having a bunch of flowers in your hand that teaches you most of all. It's going out into the garden with a pair of snips and a bucket with some water in the bottom. Don't go out and pick your flowers um, um, into a pretty trug and expect them to like it. You know, your flowers need to be cut, plunged into water straight away. Then I bring them inside into the garage, leave them a couple of hours, and then go back and play with them. And it's playing with those flowers, putting two colours together, putting textures together, shapes together. You can learn an awful lot if you do what the flowers tell you to do. The old story about experience, yes. Absolutely, yes. Jill, if uh, somebody listening, flowers from the farm, it's new to them, where do they find somebody uh, in their locality? Pop onto the internet and put in flowersfromthefarm.co.uk. That will bring up a map. It will show there's a map there. You can zoom in on it. It's got all our members there. Click on that member's name. It'll tell you what that particular member does. If they do weddings, if they just sell at the gate, if they're selling, you can you can filter that search particularly to find what you want. We're in the process of just building our our third iteration of our website. Uh, that's going to go live uh, in in May. The search facility on that will be even better. You'll be able to narrow down ex almost exactly what you're looking for. If you want to send flowers, rather than looking for the person close to you, look for the person who lives close to the recipient. And so that uh, your aunt or your mum can get flowers that have literally just been grown down the road from them. Great. Thank you very much. And finally, before you go, Jill, can I just pose the question about flower shows? I understand that... Uh, was it in 2018, I saw you at the Chelsea Flower Show and you also had a bit of a baptism of fire at Chatsworth. <laughs> You've picked our highlight and our low light there, I think, Peter. Uh, Chelsea, obviously, such a highlight for us. It was, it was the one and only time we've ever gone and to get a gold medal on that very first time was, it was it's beyond words. It was absolutely fantastic for us all hail to our members. We opened it up to absolutely everybody. We offered all our members, we said, if you want to send flowers to Chelsea, they've got to be fabulous quality, but you send them. And 96 of our members took us up on that and sent their flowers. They joined together and then the next person, they sent them to the next person. And there was all these little rivers and tributaries of, of flowers making their way down to Chelsea. We always said that we were the only people in that whole show that on the Saturday 
had no idea what flowers we were, we were going to get. On They didn't start coming in until the Saturday night. A small team of four of us arranged them on the Sunday. On the Monday, we got judged. Our members were absolutely fantastic. Now, <laughs> you also mentioned Chatsworth. Yes, we were there at Chatsworth's very first, very first try. And it was the only time I've had to wear wellies and big wellies at that in the marquee itself because the water poured down those Derbyshire hills and ran through the marquee. And in the middle of the marquee, it met the water from the River Derwent that was busily rising and they sort of swirled round our stand. <laughs> so um, we still had managed to have a lovely day. Alan Titchmarsh came and had a word. Mary Berry came and had a word. And we had to clear the ground at one time because the marquee was threatening to blow down. <laughs> but um, <laughs> looking back on it, it was great fun. At the time, it was a little bit worrying, but uh, we usually managed to, to make the best of and have a good laugh over just about anything that can happen. And what about the future then? Might we see you at shows in the future? Once shows can start again, all our regions do their their local shows. Their RHS shows will be at Tatton, will be at uh, Hampton Court again as soon as possible, will be at the Yorkshire show, the Royal Norfolk, the Bath and West, at Gardening Live at the NEC, will be at all the local shows. I don't know about uh, Chelsea. It's a big ask. It's it's also quite expensive, obviously. We'd love to do it again sometime in the future, um, but it can't be a regular thing for us, like all the other, sh- the other shows will be at those every year and it's such a great experience for our members meet other members take your flowers along learn a bit about design and then stand there for the next few days talking to members of the public and it's gone full circle we can be on those displays at a show and we can hold flowers out to people and say look smell this this is a british flower and it was grown near you my tailpiece this week A quote from George Bernard Shaw, no less. Gardening is the only unquestionably useful job. I couldn't agree more. It gives food for body and soul. And who can't be uplifted by the company of a trilling robin as they till the soil and grow the amazing collection of plants that we now have available today? Our thanks to this week's sponsor, Hayloft Plants of Pershaw, Worcestershire. To my producer, Rich Jarman, and of course to you for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.